0: Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy combos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting.
1: How do you deal with your emotion when you get mad or do things like that, your breath is the first thing to disappear. So if you're able to get the breath, because the kids go through all kinds of things in school, out of school. I mean, this is a world is big for them, you know? So many things are very difficult for them to handle. And they realize that, oh, if I stop for a moment, I'm actually gonna breathe. I'm gonna stay my lungs and I'm gonna stay calm.
0: That clip was from our guest of the show today, Paola Borgonovo, founder of Novo Yoga. My name is Katie Berlin. I am the host of the Elevate the Vibe podcast, and here with me is my husband, Jason Berlin.
2: What up, Shug? Happy Sunday.
0: Happy Sunday, indeed. So this episode holds a little bit of a special place in my heart. We are talking about yoga and meditation, and this episode is specifically for children, but I am a certified yoga instructor. I was certified through YogaWorks, and I just learned last week that YogaWorks will be closing their locations. I don't know if it's temporary or if it's going to be a long-term decision, but it is a bummer. I haven't been able to practice there in quite some time, obviously because of coronavirus, but uh, I believe that they may be closing their studios for good, which it's just, it's hard. It's, it's an important aspect of my life. I know it's life-changing for many people that have the opportunity to practice, not only at Works but just in general, whenever you have your favorite studio or your favorite teacher it can be something that you really look forward to
2: and katie's being a little modest here yoga works is the cream of the crop of all yoga practices they have their own dialed in methodology and she actually did a 200 hour yoga teacher training program and loved it so much that she did a 300 year yoga teacher training yes and-
0: 200 hour then 300 hour not, what did I say? Not 300 year.
2: <laughs> 300 year.
0: That's, I mean, it is a lifelong we learning. We have been in
2: quarantine for so long, I have no idea how long we've been here. <laughs> it is a
0: lifelong journey, and we do touch on that in this week's episode, but without further ado, we are going to introduce you to our guest today, Paula. Paola.
2: Paola Borgonovo is the founder of Novo Yoga, a yoga studio located in Redondo Beach, California, offering a variety of classes, including yoga for kids. Paola has been teaching yoga to children for over 30 years and has seen firsthand the benefits it provides. Our children are growing up in a world that brings with it pressures across school, competitive sports, technology, and constant connectivity. Having tools to help them focus on their self-health, relaxation and inner fulfillment, they can navigate life's challenges with a bit more ease and this is exactly the benefits that children receive from a consistent yoga practice. Let's welcome Paula to the show.
0: All right. Well, Paolo, welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast. It is wonderful to have you here with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. And we would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience.
1: All right. So I was uh, born and raised in in Milano, Italy, and uh, moved in the States um, in 87 and moved to San Francisco first. uh, And that's really where my journey, you know, the real journey of yoga began. I mean, it began a little earlier when I was 10, my mother was doing yoga on her own, uh, you know, with a book. And in those days in Italy, there was nobody really doing yoga. So, but then when I arrived in in the States, you know, I saw yoga as I was driving in San Francisco. So I said, I got to go there. (laughs) And that's how the whole journey started. And we moved to, I say we, because I came with my brother and then we moved in, uh, Los Angeles in 2003 and then opened the studio in 2004.
0: Yes. Yeah, so tell the audience a little bit, a background on your studio and what you teach just to give them an idea of Novo Yoga and the difference that you offer.
1: Yes. So, uh, the studio has been in the same location for actually 17 years. Uh, same uh, ownership, so me and my brother. But it did evolve through the years. So we started as a Bikram yoga. You're probably familiar with the Bikram series; it's a hot yoga. So in those days, you only teach one practice, you know, and uh, so it was called Bikram yoga with his name. And then uh, later on, uh, before you know the Bikram mass came about, we wanted to anyway introduce other practices because I came from a yenga, my brother came from power yoga. So we wanted to introduce other practices. So it became the high yoga center because it was one room in the heat. So, and and then in 2018, we evolved again because we did uh, um, some renovation and we added two rooms. So there's the heated room and non-heated room. So the hot yoga part didn't make any sense and the word Novo basically has two meanings. So one from the Latin roots is new, reborn, rebirth. And Novo is also the last four letters of our last name. It's Borgo Novo, so it's novel. <laughs> it makes sense. Very short. Anybody from any you know, language uh, can e- say that easily, Novel. Mm-hmm. So that became novel in, to- in 2018. And we teach, uh, so at first we were teaching our yoga and we are known still you know, in the South Bay for so many years for high yoga. But then once we introduce other practices, we teach also non-heated yoga. We teach uh, um, uh, sequence they are kind of like static, which is similar to the Bikram. So you have a, a, a sequence practice uh, and it's static in the sense that you hold the posture. But then we also teach flow, we also teach sculpt, sculpt is completely modern practice, I don't know if I would call it yoga. <laughs> and then now we also teach yoga for kids and uh, I think what made it also successful is that at the same time parents practice on room one, children practice on room two. So, you know, the parents feel, okay, I got a place for my kids to go and they're doing something good. And then I don't have to worry about a babysitter or anything. And then I can do my yoga. And do yoga. So yeah, that's what we do. And then we have a teacher training, which we did last year. So we'll see now with the, whatever is going on. We don't really know, right? Mm-hmm. Anything. So.
0: Okay. So if someone is unfamiliar with yoga you mentioned a couple different styles so you mentioned Bikram you mentioned Iyengar you mentioned more of a flow type of yoga as well as a yoga sculpt so for someone who's unfamiliar can you give us a high level difference on some of those different types of practices and why they're different or how they're beneficial for someone
1: absolutely So let's start from the static practices. Let's say that the static practice, uh, you come into the room and you have a specific sequence that is beautifully uh, put together because you start with the breathing, you end with the breathing. So the lung capacity is very important. And then in between you have posture starting from the standing balancing posture and then moving on to the floor posture. So it's that sequence. The good thing about that, some of the posture are done twice, it depends on the type of class and some other are done one time. The The beauty about the static practices is for somebody that is new, they're getting familiar with the, with the posture. So some people feel like if I've never done yoga before, I really don't know what to do, even though we guide you ver- verbally for them as they come once, twice, three, five times, they start to get an understanding of the sequence and of the posture, then they can start to see their improvement on the posture. So, and things like that. So that is very beneficial in that sense. Um, Other practices that we offer are practices like the flow, which is extremely popular. And flow is basically, you keep on moving. It's breath to movement, but you never know what you get on flow. I mean, there are obviously, sun salutation, there are sequence in a certain way, you know, sun A, sun B, but in between the teacher is very free to evolve within the hour and also depending on the students that the the teacher has, all right? And uh, so they're very different from each other, but somebody that is new to yoga and they come to a flow class, it's it's not easy to, okay. So they're in down dog, you're in up dog, it's just a, it doesn't flow too well, that is like it should flow, you know, at least at the beginning. And then, uh, um, so that is the flow. It's like unknown. You don't know exactly what you get in each and every class. Um, we don't offer Iyengar because with Iyengar, you have to have a younger teacher. So at the moment, we don't offer ayenga. But ayenga is basically um, a well-respected teacher that passed away actually a few years ago. And I had a fortune to meet him. And he, he's the father of the props. So Ayanga uses props, any props, uh, blankets, uh, you know, chairs, um, straps, blocks, all kinds of props. And he is, his type of yoga is very therapeutic in a way, because you're using the help of the props to adjust to the body and to the injuries. And uh, he tends to he tended to hold the posture for a fairly long time. So it used to be on triangle for like fifteen minutes. So you, you really have to <laughs> you know work your way through and you know and try to stay into the posture. So that's the kind of yoga that it is. This scout I have to say it's a very we I call it modern practice because basically in many ways you're you're flowing but you're using the weights which is you know you're combining something that's got really nothing to do with yoga. <laughs> so but it is a modern practice and it is a, a sculpt is something that is becoming very popular. And I think also because people think of yoga more like a workout than a work in. <laughs> so not that it's bad but is not exactly the, the the traditional yoga, the way yoga was intended to be, you
0: know. Yeah, a lot of people are introduced to yoga in with the mindset that it's a physical activity that's a workout. And then once they begin to practice, they realize that there are a lot more benefits outside of that. And that's when their practice begins to deepen and they have a greater understanding yeah. of, of yoga. Mm-hmm. Now with the, classes that you mentioned that you offer where there are parents and there are children can you talk about what the flow could look like for children and how you set that up and work with them and what age ranges that's for and how you keep them engaged during that time
1: with children is very is very different okay so and it's never a set situation like i you know from for example in the studio i teach also yoga in the Torrance unified school district so what i do i do after school programs you know um usually every wednesday starting my my son's school and then kind of develop to seaside and other schools and everything with you know, and the student the, in the the kids in the yoga room are also different. They're outdoor there in one way, indoor there in another way. So it's very different to keep them engaged. Also in the studio, we keep an age, let's say between five and twelve. Very different, right? in school is elementary so kindergarten from elementary you're looking into six or two age maybe um 10 you know or something like that um you know 10 11 something like that so it's a little bit easier so the flow just to get back to the question is not very easy so you have to feel the energy of the group and you have to try to keep them in present and most of the time you have to engage them So, you know, you'll start with some posture, but if you see that some kids are moving in a different direction, then you have to have a certain flexibility. Not that they run the show, they should not run the show, but you have to have flexibility to understand where the class is going. And that's why dynamic is very different with children versus the the adults. So to talk about the flow, it depends. Sometimes we flow, maybe you flow for like, Three minutes and then you have to stop because one goes somewhere else and then the other. So super flexible in try to engage them and keep them in the present moment, which is one of the things that you are trying to do in yoga to just keep them grounded you know and feel their body in the physical yoga. They like, uh, they do, believe it or not, they like balancing postures, mm-hmm. you know, the tree, there's something about the tree pose. That I, that's
2: my ch- favorite pose. I love the tree it's, pose. Yes.
1: Something about the tree, because the tree is powerful, it's grounded, but it's flexible, you mm-hmm. know, with the wing. So they love the tree pose, even if they follow the posture, they love the crow pose. So any arm balancing near to the ground, they love crow pose is one of the things. You know, they like down dog, but you know, like three pose. So they go from this kind of posture to the others. They like this arm balancing. Not so much into plank and things like that. You know, there's that's a bit too much for them, but they just love three pose and, and things like that. And some of them like candle pose, you know, mm-hmm. which is shoulder stand cloud pose. So. They, they like different things that they wouldn't do really normally at home. But those, I would say that triples and crows are some of the favorites.
2: You get some of them doing tripod headstands or is that a little too much for them?
1: You know, in the, in the, in the yoga room, uh, the teacher that we have, because I don't teach the kids yoga in there, but we have a teacher. I teach in the Torrance Unified because I teach the adults at the same time. So I've been teaching the adult for too many years. I cannot leave the adult to go to the kids. And um, that teacher used to uh, put them upside down and they will go against the wall. We have a very nice wall with the own sign and they like to go against the wall and just go back. And also our floor, we have a a floor that is called zebra floor in bathroom, which is a specific for hot yoga. It's an antimicrobial kind of floor, but it's also a little cushiony. Mm-hmm. So if they kind of fall or anything that it's, uh, it's actually not so bad, you know, it's okay. But they do that at school, I don't do that. No. So now the school is not, um, they prefer not to, and I totally understand. Also there is nothing because we do it in the area, you know, in the grass area. So there may be a couple of trees, but it's a little bit more complicated if you do that. Even though there is insurance if you do it in the school, mm. so they'll do that. They like to do that in the you know in the yoga room, but they go against the wall.
2: So can you talk a little bit about the um, the having a having a kid start start yoga and maybe. Um, some of the differences you see from like a beginning student to like a more an advanced student, you know, as they go through your set of classes and some of the benefits that yoga provides them. And like, have you noticed improved flexibility from them or like just maybe more of a centered nature from kids? Like maybe they start with more of a, you know, a, a bad attitude. And then after they do some classes, they start being a little more kind to to friends. I don't know. <laughs>
1: No, no, actually, you made a really good point, so um, well, first of all, I have to tell you, liking anything consistency consistency is important, right so if you're not consistent in anything, you'll take a class here and there, and, you know you jump in and jump out you, you never go anywhere just it's always that and uh, you know some kids are inconsistent for several reasons, but the ones that are they are consistent. Um, the beauty about yoga, you know, they'll, they'll really improve. If they have to improve in their flexibility, they will do that. If They have to improve in their strength, they'll do that. Because yoga, it's really this combination of strength and flexibility, right? So some people think of yoga just the flexibility, but that's not exactly. So again, I'll give you an example. The kids that are a little bit older and they come, so like my son's age, they play, you know, they play basketball or baseball. They, they're all really tight right? And even if they're nine, you know, my son was tied at eight years old as well, you know, they come and they start to do stretches, they start to improve their flexibility for the sports that they are doing. So squatting down as you play catch, right? My son is a catcher. If you really create more flexibility in your quads and your hamstring, right? In your back, that really helps. So you see that depending where the needs are, they start to, to improve just by staying consistent. They show up on the mat. You know, I've seen kids really improving tremendously in certain posture that require flexibility. And as they started, they didn't have it. And the the strength in you know, it is another interesting thing. There are some kids that by nature they're a little bit weaker. It could be different reason, right? Maybe all kind of reason they start to gain some strength and they get actually physically stronger. And some people will not think that from yoga, but when you do certain posture, you start to become stronger, you know, toning and get stronger. So they have, uh, I have seen in the consistency of children, how they really can improve balance in another thing and balance, uh, you know, it's not just balancing you know, on one leg, you know, balance require, concentration mm-hmm. focus. so once you have that focus concentration that improves so many areas of your life because standing on one leg and doing one thing only that is not normally what children might do right <laughs> it's they're uh, yeah. they're so overwhelmed you know honestly being kids in these days is not very easy right it's not like my time i'm older than you guys or your time. You know, right now, there's overstimulation of everything. And you see how many more cases of kids that they, they cannot stay focused, right? And uh, just by balancing on one leg and staying on it, they start to really recenter themselves. And then they can utilize that in school, actually. Yoga, yoga and meditation can definitely help. Their performance in school because it brings them more center, more focus. You know. Have so you slowed that?
0: Have you had parents or even any of your students talk about some of the changes that they've experienced when their children or as the child they've begun to practice a lot more, and they say hey, I actually am able to sit down and concentrate on my homework more easily now than I was before.
1: Yes. Let's, talking about the children, I've actually had moms um, coming to me and telling me that actually, uh, you know, my daughter, she's not having so much of a tantrum. And she's not having so much of a meltdown. She's actually learning how to channel a little bit more, her emotional. Or our emotions and actually I have seen her which was strange the mom told me to stop and start to breathe she closed her eyes she crossed her leg and she started to breathe because we talk about those things when we are doing yoga even for that hour at school because it's not just the physical yoga so how do you deal with your emotion you know when you get mad or do things like that your breath is the first thing to disappear so if you're able to get the breath because the kids go through all kind of things in school out of school i mean this is a world is big for them you know so many things are very difficult for them to handle and they realize that oh if i stop for a moment i'm actually gonna breathe i'm gonna spend my lungs, and i'm gonna stay calm so the mom were telling me, more than one mom, this kind of, to me, those are the things that I love even more than just saying, hey, my daughter today did the cross so perfect. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's
1: more those kind of things yeah. that you say, wow, actually today she didn't have much of a tantrum. She actually, I started to notice how she was controlling in a positive way all this energy bursting out, just bring it in through the breathing. So yes, and for the adult, absolutely. You see it, every, obviously the one that comes three, four times a week, obviously is different how they have improved from day one to hundred days later or whatever, you know, years later, because yoga doesn't really matter. There's no time, you know, you come anytime, you want to learn yoga, you just come in and you, and you work on it. It's the work that you want to do. So, yes, it's all kind of story, but the one for the children for the concentration and just getting to deal better with the emotion, you know, it's good.
0: When it comes to a meditation practice, adults have a difficult time with meditation. Are there tactics that you use with children, especially younger children? Maybe not Teens that have more control over themselves, but younger kids that are wiggly and have a ton of energy, tactics that work for them that you've seen implemented that not only are applicable in the studio, but could be used at home.
1: Yes. There are a um, few things that you can do. For example, counting on the breath. You know, like um, they, it takes a little while because at first when they breathe, they go, done. You know, so like a second. So I'm teaching them more to focus on the counting of how many seconds can you inhale and how many seconds can you exhale. And then example, if if we do some counting, at first you notice that there'll, there'll be two seconds and then three seconds and then four seconds. So they're starting to expand. And at that point, they're starting to focus on the expansion of the lungs and the counting that they don't think of something else. Another thing is by visualization of the lungs. So you visualize the lungs. of so I say, okay, as you inhale, just think about the lungs, filling up like a balloon. And on the exhale, think about the lungs, squeezing the air out. So things like that, visualization or counting are good. Uh, they cannot take it for very long. So they, you know, so sometime you start for like, a, a minute and then you can see again check the energy so but it's so cute that we started to do these little little you know like two minutes at the end of the class in the in the torrensview high school district um and then after a few times that i was at first they were like you know you see like one open their eyes and close the eyes you know they do kind of stuff you know and they try to close their eyes cross the like they go like that and they start to <laughs> laugh or anything but as they were doing it more and more and then they they start to enjoy the quiet and then the funny thing when i see them the next week they say hey can we do the meditation you know Teacher, can we do the meditation today? So you see how they, for little things, you know, they started to understand the benefit of these things, and they love um, also guided meditation. It's more like guided shavasana, and they love it. I take lavender, so I put lavender in my hands, obviously making sure everybody's good, nobody's allergic, and then I go around, and they are just in circle with the eyes closed, lying down, and I have them smell you know, from little far, the lavender, and then they get, they, they start to feel relaxed. And then we just do the guided mm, shavasana from head to toes, you know, like relax your head, your face, you know, things like that. So there are all little different things that, that will work, but the meditation, even in the older kids, is very difficult. Imagine in the adults, you know, I mean, can you sit them meditate for five minutes? It's not easy for us either, you know. So, things like counting, visualization.
0: Okay. What I love about the Shavasana aspect, and for any listener who's unfamiliar with yoga, if you haven't taken a yoga class, but Shavasana is when you are laying down in the room, you're laying down on a mat and your eyes are closed, and you're just sort of laying on your back, face up. And Paola was mentioning the use of lavender also. And we had Dr. Nikki Knight on our show. That was episode nine. She's an essential oil specialist and she talked a lot about the benefits of different essential oils. But with lavender, it's very calming, it's very therapeutic. And like Paola said, if there's no allergy, I could see how that would be really useful for children because it really sets a tone and a mood for the moment. You're like, okay, in this moment, I have my little routine. And creating routine and consistency is so important for them. And they know like that there's these specific steps that will happen to get myself into that relaxation. I mean, even as adults, we do that. We like that.
1: That's right. You do the yoga, you work the physical, and then you know that there is that part, which is the best part at the end, you know, shavasana. But lava is good for babies as well. You know, they, you can use it for babies or you can have a diffuser. It, it really helps, you know, just stimulates and calm. you know, the nervous system.
0: Now with all of us in quarantine or many people in quarantine and having access to studios or alternative classes or ways to take classes that maybe we haven't had in the past or had to think about. How have you seen parents successfully implement this at home if they're not able to come to a class?
1: Unfortunately, it's very difficult. And even though we have obviously live stream classes like, like anybody. And uh, we noticed that in the live stream classes, we started, you know, we had two or three classes a week, and then you will have 10 kids, 15 kids, and then it went down to one or two. They have a very difficult time to interact with you through a TV. I mean, they can sit and watch the computer and play for night. Yes, but (laughs) to have this kind of interaction is very difficult. And it came to a point I just noticed that that we couldn't really do it live stream It's very difficult. And so I said to the parents, listen, the the little that you can do, I understand they cannot be in an hour, and they were seeing each other. So it wasn't really bad. But then one starts to play with the doll and the other one starts to do something else. So the teacher and I was we were noticing these things that they, that is difficult. And, and also their life went upside down, okay? In a matter of a few months, they were going to school and then March 15th, they're no longer going to school. They're not interacting with anybody. So they've been going through the change. So all uh, well, I said to the parents, you know, if you could maybe do a couple of things with them, you know, they, just couple of postures, stretch them out, just keep them and then just, uh, is, but for parents it's difficult. Sometimes it's almost better to have a teacher, right? An outside teacher to teach them, it hasn't been easy. So it's, uh, it's difficult.
0: If you're a parent and you want to begin to have a flow or just a, a yoga session with your child at home, what are some key attributes of of creating like a successful scenario for a flow for them?
1: Every child is difficult. There are some children that are morning children, some children that are afternoon. So it really depends on the child itself. So you have to know your child and when together to get your child. So I think all in general, generally the morning are the best. You know, you get up, okay. You have maybe a little breakfast. Okay, let's do some, but you have to kind of minimize it to maybe, I don't know, half an hour or something like that. But depends on every child. So you, you have to kind of know how, where they are, you know, with their personality and, uh, and then just, uh, you know, do maybe just a little round. But you have to also understand when is the time to stop and change it up. Because this is when you lose the children. So when you keep doing your thing, it's not like the adult, okay? So here's the sequence, we're moving on, we're doing this and you follow, that Us and work like that with children. So you have to engage them and then as things change up, then figure out some other things. Uh, so I can now
0: give you a formula, um, depending on your own child. Now, if you have children that are really young, like maybe under elementary school age, So many kids look at their parents and learn by what their parents are doing, not necessarily what their parents are saying. Do you think it's beneficial that if a parent wants to practice yoga, should they roll out their mat and do their yoga and have their meditation while their child is around doing something else just so that they see the absolutely. parent, like uh, you know in the practice in the flow even if the child's not participating
1: absolutely you know i because i think because sometimes it looks like they're not interested but they look you know later when they oh but i saw you doing this i saw you doing that because they observe more than what we think so doing your thing you know my son he saw me basically, you know, since he was a little baby, you know, doing yoga, I think as he came a little bit later in life, he associated that with me working and going away. So he didn't like that very much. But it's, uh, yeah, you just do your things and then sometimes you'll find kids that come in. What's a little difficult is for parents that don't necessarily do yoga, don't do meditation. And let's say they're not even that interested. It's very difficult, right? Unless you take your child to a yoga teacher or meditation uh, place because you don't have it within you. So if you don't have that will to do it, it's difficult, right? To just, you know, get down and get on the mat and do it. But that would be the best uh, thing to do. You just do your thing and then they follow, you know, sometimes, sometimes not, you know.
0: Is there a certain age that within your experience you see? that children begin to really take to it and it at that age, it's beneficial to put more of a focus on teaching them versus just letting them watch you and lead by example.
1: Well, usually it depends on the kids. For example, you know, I have kids in elementary school, you know, from first grade to fifth grade. It's a little bit different, right? They have uh, the, the attention span. is a little bit different. But if you start them early, you know, they'll, they'll follow and then there'll be a time when they're a little bit older in elementary school or going towards uh, middle school where they follow more. But it's, uh, I, I find it seems like very difficult for kids to stick to it for a long time. I know very few kids. Uh, and I have, you know, I have some, you know, they they've been from first grade actually kindergarten, and now they're in fifth grade, and they've been coming to yoga. But then as they go to middle school, eh, it's not cool anymore. They start to get a little bit have a different interest, right? So now they're interested in something else. So they, but you know, I would say that you know, elementary school it's pretty good time. But if you start even early, there's some kids, you know, again, their personality, they'll they'll follow you. They start to do stuff things with you. So, yeah,
0: I could imagine that even if you're implementing something along these lines in your own home, like even if you have a practice or if you sit and meditate and your child's watching you, even if they're not participating now, there could be a point later in their life where, as an adult or a young adult, they become interested again and circle back to it. It's like you were sharing, like your mom was actively doing yoga and you saw her you know even from a young age and then as you moved San Francisco to LA, now you have a studio you know you and your brother started this studio together. So there are benefits that could long outweigh just the short term. so I would think that parents shouldn't be discouraged if in the immediate they don't really see something happening but long term it's a very beneficial habit to have and a tool in your toolbox.
1: That's very, that's very true. And that's what I'm hoping for my son because he was doing yoga with me. Let's say until fifth grade. And then after that, he went into middle school. He wasn't that interesting. And I think though that when he's in college or even further later, he will think about this and also including the good eating habits you know yes they do you're right you're totally right you know so it is worth you know to just do it and even if they go through their phases at least this is, is there okay you know my mom does meditation she does she works on the breathing and then they find themselves in their 20s where they actually need to channel better their emotions And use the little techniques,
0: you know. Yep. Now, we're living in a time where having access to studios or being able to head into a gym for a a yoga class, we really don't know what that's going to look like long term. And, of course, there are classes that are being offered by studios online. But if you're a parent, and this is something that you're interested in for your children in the future – are there specific credentials that you would recommend someone looks for with the studio that is catering to children or teaches children?
1: Yeah, yes. Well, I will definitely um look for it. Are you talking about credential of the teachers? Um yes. absolutely. Um not everybody can teach yoga just like that, you know, you have to study. You know, I mean, myself, I've been practicing yoga for 30 years and teaching for over 20, and I'm still studying, you know what I mean? I'm still doing teacher training. So you do want to have, I had like, uh, I think uh, it's uh, five different teacher training of kids. So you you do want to deal with teachers that are certified and that they have been learning from the right sources. All right, because when it comes to the physical body and when it comes to kids, you have to know what to do, you know. So, yes, definitely certified teacher, you know, go to somebody that knows what they're doing and they, you know, and they, they watch kids so they don't hurt themselves, you know. That's why certain posture, you have to be careful how you get the kids into it. You can't just put kids upside down, you know, you don't really know. You know their history you don't know what's going on with them so you want you want to have somebody that knows.
0: are there specific certifications that a teacher could receive that are aligned or just spe- specific for children and what are those
1: there are teacher training for children but they are very short so To me, a a yoga teacher that that has only done kids' yoga teacher training, should actually do adult teacher training so they can learn more about anatomy because anatomy is very important and the anatomy is the anatomy. So whether you're a child or or an adult, obviously. Um, So I really recommend to anybody that teach yoga to kids that they do something some other training or they learn more, you know, about anatomy, but learn also about the psychological aspect of, uh, of uh, meditation, and you know, things like that. So yeah, you have, I think you have to have knowledge um, on the physical aspect and even taking meditation courses because uh, that works also. I do know some yoga teacher that they also Done. You know, there were teachers in schools, so they have studied in different ways. But they have studied also children psychology. So that's very good. You know, so knowing a little bit about the children behavior and everything.
0: If you could leave the audience with a key takeaway, what would you want to share with them?
1: Consistency. So that's one the thing that I will say. Just be consistent. So whatever you you know, you know teach to your children, stay, stay consistent. No, don't deviate right and left, you know. And it's the same thing for yoga. So if you want your kids to get the benefit of yoga and meditation, then be consistent, um, you know, helping them, you know, to get through that. Um, and uh, it, it's, uh, in a world like this, the, the, you know, like I said before, there is so much out there, you know, and uh, there is so many distractions. It seems like I, I see also parents, you know, wanting to, their kids to try 10 different sports, you know. I understand. <laughs> I understand where they're trying to go, but when you want to try everything, you know, it's like, so where is the, you know, where is the focus? So I think that's what becomes a little bit uh, hard because it's about doing one thing at a time and putting the focus on that all right you're doing that stay consistent on that do and try that for a while you know instead of just moving it seems like this kind of like the more the merrier you know the more things you learn there's more sports and more things and uh, you know going to drive the kids to 30 different activity in a week you're like a taxi driver. So is uh, just stay consistent on some things and, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, then they see your consistency, you know, and then they might adopt that as they get um, older, but there's many other things, you know, but this is one that comes to mind, you know, inconsistency. So I will say consistency.
0: And knowing that different children at different ages have different priorities with the consistency in mind, is there a certain amount of classes or days or weeks or months that you would recommend that parents at least try to implement this for children before just sort of like throwing in the towel if the kid's really not into it, that you would say like, okay, if you try this for two months and they're not into it, like let it go.
1: Yeah, so well, first of all, let's see the weekly consistency. You know, um, once is better than nothing. So I always say this, okay? So if you can do it twice or three times, but it's very difficult because kids have many activity. No, I gotta go to ballet at 5 p.m. but no, I gotta go to soccer, then I gotta go. You know, they have so many zillions of activity. So at least uh, try for six months consistent. Because you know, sometimes a month or two well, can be okay, and that's not easy. Try for six months, but you, 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 if you keep them, if of course they like it, okay. Because if they don't like it at all and they, and they reject it, you can't get through that. But at least uh, try, you know, six months to get them to see the benefit of certain things, if they, if they are willing to, you know. Otherwise, two months is fine too. Say better than nothing, you know. But I think uh, it's good. Six months would be a nice, uh, a nice way to get more benefit and stay with it. You know.
0: Are there any resources that you would want to recommend for the audience? It can be books, YouTube channel, podcast, anything is, that you would like to recommend.
1: Is, uh, plenty of uh, of information um you know one of the things that the for me um is uh, having conversation with other parents is very i find it very helpful and there's always somebody that saying hey i try i saw this and i saw that there are many many things uh, available you know on youtube and there's many you know many many options you know and um so i don't i wouldn't say a specific um Specific one, but there's tons of books on uh, on yoga and and also YouTube channels um, available. Way probably too many.
0: (laughs) Do you have a favorite book? If somebody's just getting into yoga, that you would recommend?
1: Well, there was there is there is different books. There was a book, um, you know, Byron Baptist Um, which uh, is from power yoga they made a version for little kids that's a nice a nice book and uh, it's the kid and and a parent you know so that's a nice book with different uh, postures and things like that i forgot the name of it but it's from byron baptist uh, power yoga so that's a good book there
0: are many many books awesome that sounds great all right. And where can everyone find Novo Yoga? What's your website, your social media handles? If someone wants to practice with you, where can they find you?
1: So we are located in uh, Redondo Beach, actually, on Pacific Coast Highway. And uh, it's, um, the website is www.novoyoga.com. And through the website, and you have access to the email and everything. But it's in Redondo Beach uh, between Prospect and Palos Verdes Boulevard. Um, so we've been there 17 years. <laughs> May was the 17th anniversary.
0: Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll stay there longer, you know. We'll see, you know. It's we'll beautiful right happens. there. And I if, if there. students want to practice with you online, how can they implement yeah. that?
1: So they go through MindBody, Body. Uh, everybody, everybody. Many people use MindBody online, which is the website, not the website, but it's the software for yoga. So when you go into MindBody, if you search Novo Yoga, N-O-V-O uh, Yoga, then it pops up and then you enter and then you have the schedule. Or through the website, when you go to the website and you look for schedule, and you open it up and it has obviously right now we only have live stream. And we did something outdoors starting today. And um, so you will see once a week uh, yoga outdoor. We change location depends, but they'll find us there. And it can just go through my body and, and, you know, register there.
0: And then give yourself a shout out for Instagram and Facebook. Where can someone find you?
1: Novo Yoga in Instagram and Facebook. That's really, Those are the only two, let's say, um, social media that we use, but it's just called Novo Yoga.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Paula, thank you for joining us. It was great to have you on and for you to share your knowledge about little ones in the studio and yoga and meditation and the benefits that they can see from this practice. As adults, we know the benefits, mm-hmm. but it's cool to hear about the children as well
1: yeah and if the one thing that i could add it's uh, teach them how to breathe all right this is something that the adults, uh, you know i was thinking back of the question that you asked you know there was one question that you asked before so if there's anything they could try to do is to help them to teach them how to breathe really, because uh, their lung capacity, you know, um, can develop more and more. The breath is the center of everything. The breath is also the one that helps you to stay more center when the emotions start to go all over the place. So just by simply breathing, actually, you can achieve many other things, all right? Including sports. So it's so broad that, you know, from breathing, you can, clear your mind and just make better decisions, you know, or at least not rush decision, but you can also learn how to use your breath from when you have to run, you know, and things like that. So
2: yeah. Right
1: on.
0: Yeah. Great tip. I mean, it's the essence of life. If we didn't have oxygen, I mean, we wouldn't be here for another mm-hmm. three minutes. That's
1: so right. <laughs> yeah. don't we underestimate them? It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Because, you know, people forget to breathe all the time, even just by practicing yoga. And that's why it's almost like a mantra whenever we teach. The word breathe, breathe is like find your breath, breathe. It's like constant, you know, so that it can really get in their body, in their brain cell and everywhere to just kind of remind you that it's the present moment. Yesterday is basically gone and tomorrow we don't know. So this is it. Breath is what you have right now. So that's one thing that maybe would be nice for people to, parents to teach their kids and teach themselves too, you know? Exactly I, true.
0: Yeah, I need that lesson. Yeah, right here too.
1: <laughs> when we have this thing, that sometimes we just, uh, we are like, uh, we get all excited. Some we we realize we are not even breathing properly. And then, or we talk and we should just zip it for a moment and just, see even in a relationship might just okay and I I'm, I'm still
2: figuring out that one right there yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all do <laughs> yeah.
2: cool all right well thank you for being on the podcast thanks for helping us to elevate the vibe
1: thank you very much for having me and uh, best wishes you with the babies
0: ah thank, thank you. you thank you so much we appreciate oh, it <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah,
2: right. all right
0: <laughs> bye, bye. Hey there, Vibe High Babes. If this podcast has brought you any value, please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're feeling really generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. And as always, thank you for joining us to elevate the vibe.